The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines. Delta has partnered with 55 academic institutions to create a pipeline of the next generation of pilots and technicians. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, November 26th. In today's news, the U.S. fires tear gas at protesters, including children across the Mexican border. George Papadopoulos must report to prison today, and the Russian military is moving against Ukraine. But first, the big idea. President Trump is demanding top advisors craft a plan to reduce the country's ballooning budget deficits, but he has flummoxed his own aides by repeatedly seeking new spending while ruling out measures needed to address the country's unbalanced budget. In total, Government debt has risen roughly $2 trillion since Trump took office, and the federal government now owes $21.7 trillion to creditors. The president's agenda has contributed to that increase and is projected to continue to do so, both through those GOP tax cuts and with bipartisan spending increases. Several current and former senior administration officials tell Josh Dossi and Damian Paletta that the deficit issue is rarely brought up in Trump's presence because the president has no genuine interest in discussing it. For example, when former National Economic Council Director Gary Cohn's staffers prepared a presentation for Trump about deficits, Cohn told them to throw it in the trash. It wouldn't be necessary, he explained, because the president doesn't care about deficits. Trump also repeatedly told Cohn to instruct the U.S. government to just print more money. One former senior administration official described the president's Oval Office orders this way, quote, He'd just say, run the presses, run the presses. Sometimes it seemed like he was joking, and sometimes it didn't. Of course, that would be a recipe for hyperinflation. Trump is often not versed in the particulars of the federal budget. This manifests itself in ways big and small. The small? Trump doesn't understand the difference between the deficit and the debt. He often confuses the two. The big? White House Chief of Staff John Kelly has told people about watching television with Trump and asking the president how much he thinks the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff earns. Trump guessed $5 million. That startled the former Marine general. Kelly responded that he actually makes less than $200,000. The president noted the number of stars on his uniform and suggested he get a large raise. Even as Trump has told aides that he's finally interested in taking steps to reduce the deficits, he has floated several ideas that would further expand them. Trump repeatedly pushed staffers to spend more on the infrastructure bill he proposed this past summer, envisioning large projects for many key battleground states. Many staffers thought the problem was that the bill was too expensive, but Trump thought the government wasn't spending enough, and he's looking to revive his pricey plan next year. Trump also remains unwilling to tackle entitlements like Medicare and Social Security, which are major drivers of the debt, but politically a third rail. When White House political staffers sought to include an attack on Democrats for their Medicare for All proposals in Trump's campaign speeches this fall, he initially blanched. He told aides that Medicare is popular and voters want it, so he wasn't going to criticize Democrats for trying to expand it. Eventually, he agreed to allow the attack to be added into his script if he could make the false claim that Democrats want to take the entitlement away from people. It underscores just how hard it's going to be for this administration to take seriously the debt. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
the U.S. government temporarily closed off a point of entry at the southern border and fired tear gas at members of the migrant caravan. Although the number of people at the border was relatively small, the unrest represented a serious escalation of the crisis. Migrants were attempting to climb fences and run through car lanes to reach the United States, and mothers and children were seen choking on tear gas. On Sunday morning, migrants began protesting the slow pace of the U.S. asylum claims process, but the protest quickly devolved into a chaotic scramble in which hundreds made their way to the border crossing, hoping to make it onto U.S. soil. To stop that from happening, and as some threw rocks and bottles, Customs and Border Protection officers took the very rare step of firing tear gas into Mexico, as well as closing all legal vehicle and foot traffic to the San Ysidro border crossing in San Diego. Normally, about 100,000 visitors per day cross through that. Although the majority of the group approached and gathered the fence peacefully, Mexico's Interior Ministry said that hundreds tried to cross the border in a violent manner. Mexican authorities say they will deport anyone who tries to cross illegally. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the point of entry reopened. Number two, a judge ruled that former Trump campaign policy advisor George Papadopoulos must report to prison today. Papadopoulos, who was sentenced to spend just 14 days in prison for lying under oath to FBI agents about his contacts with the Russians, had argued that it was possible a constitutional challenge in a separate case would result in his conviction being set aside and that he should therefore be allowed to remain free on bail. But U.S. District Judge Randolph Moss noted that Papadopoulos had not appealed his conviction and waived his right to do so when he pleaded guilty. Moss also wrote that Papadopoulos has not shown that the appeals court in a separate case probably would conclude the special counsel's appointment was unlawful. House Oversight Committee Chairman Trey Gowdy, meanwhile, suggested that his panel may videotape Jim Comey's closed-door testimony to ease the former FBI director's concerns about selective leaks. That suggestion came as Gowdy, a retiring Republican from South Carolina, was appearing on CBS's Face the Nation. He was asked about the House Judiciary Committee's recent subpoena of Comey and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch for private testimony. Comey has said he plans to resist the subpoena, though he is willing to appear at a public hearing, in part to prevent misleading leaks from Republicans. Number three, Russia and Ukraine accused each other on Sunday of provoking a confrontation in the Black Sea that has already set off severe repercussions and threatens to escalate quickly. On Sunday morning, Russia prevented three Ukrainian ships from entering the Kerch Strait, a narrow strip of water linking the Azov and Black Seas. According to the Ukrainian Navy, vessels belonging to Russia's border service opened fire on the Ukrainian fleet, injuring six sailors before they seized two of the ships. Moscow had prevented the ships from entering the strait by placing a large cargo vessel beneath a Russian-controlled bridge. Russia then closed the strait, which both nations use. Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko endorsed his military cabinet's proposal to install martial law across his country for 60 days. It was rushed through in Kiev well past midnight. Later today, that vote will be put before parliament. It is expected to sail through. This could get very hairy very fast, and it creates another test of leadership for an American president who has been proudly cozy with Vladimir Putin. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, November 26th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.